0: Good morning Ro, this is an a.m. call for me. Mm -hmm. Is this an a.m. call for you?
1: Yes, it's 4.58 and I am up.
0: (laughs) So, welcome to another episode of Musings Behind the Creative. I am your host, Renata Dixon-Nawosu, and my co-host, could you please give us your full name?
1: Ro, (laughs) just
0: Ro. She only wants to go by Ro. (laughs) Row, <laughs> yes, row, row, row your boats gently down the stream, <laughs> merrily, <But it's>... merrily.
1: <laughs> you know what? But, but listen, like, um, row is actually a Phoenician letter, you know, like you got Simagim, a row, and all that. Mm-hmm. And when I um went to look up, it means it's, it, it starts with the energy of the chi, mm-hmm. so it's a symbolism of God. So, I didn't right. realize my mother did not realize what she was doing when she named me roe. Now right. I won't go into the full uh you know pronunciation of my name, but I like to go by roe because it means chi god. It, it's it's like a it's it's god. So I come in you in human form personified. <laughs> so if roe can call herself chi god in human mm-hmm. form personified,
0: you are talking to another god. Yes. I am the unborn one. Mm. I don't mm. need to go into it because unless you're Tibronian Tibronian mm-hmm. by nature yeah, it's not something I can speak about but you could go on to Tibro.com and I'm plugging the adverts in my shows because I'm not doing paid adverts from other people okay Tibro.com sorry okay. darling you said I, definitely, definitely?
1: I understand because I don't promote other people if they're not affiliated with me. We have to get these paywalls up, right? So I I, I greatly understand. I, I I get it. I definitely get it.
0: So unofficially, I am an affiliate of tybro.com products. Okay.
1: I saw the products.
0: Yeah. You saw the products? Mm-hmm. What did you think of them?
1: I'm going to use some. I'm going to, especially those different meditation Um you know the meditation you can talk uh,
0: about everything that's on their on on their website anything yeah. that you've read
1: um for, I, I like the Fortuna uh meditation um I, I have to go I have to go through it so I mm-hmm. have to definitely see if they have any like uh stones and um crystals and anything like that because I, I have to get my crystal and stone gains up uh, and I'm looking for some more metaphysical tools to use. Right. I don't care where I get them from. I don't care. So you know, I don't care if it, if I have to get it from here or get it bought here or sent here. I I just want to get my meta metaphysical tool games up because I even in my services. Um, and I don't know if I can. Well, yeah, most people do whatever know.
0: you need to do. Do yeah. what you need to do, because this pod is going live today.
1: Okay. Well, like I said before, my services, um, I'm Ro-Ovulence. So on my Instagram, yeah, that's my name, Ro-Ovulence. Mm-hmm. And everybody is like, what does ovulence, like, how did you get that name? And I'm like, ovulence means great source of wealth. Mm-hmm. So I thought to myself, hmm, God is a great source of wealth.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You can't get no higher, right? <laughs> so <laughs> You
0: can't get no higher than God.
1: <laughs> you can't get no higher. So that's why I was like uh, wrote opulence. I am a great source of wealth. And, and and that's how spirit is moved through me. So from information, from research, and like, and like my mentor always said, favor can't be researched. So even the oral traditions that I give you, Mm. They are a great sense of wealth and knowledge and information. You can't Google it, so don't even try because I'm giving you secrets. (laughs) So, yeah, so um, that's how my service is there. I feel like I just, you know, I came to the acknowledgement of my role on earth yesterday when I was um, tagged in a fundraising movement. And I'm like, really, people really see me as that? Cause sometimes we don't see ourselves like how others see us. We be like, I'm just doing my, <laughs> I'm just doing my calling, <laughs> you mm-hmm. know. I'm just being. Hey. Okay. Just you and you like, wow. And all always used to come from a and and humble busy, all that stuff. But then sometimes I do come to humility because, you know, I don't even get to be considered a feminine thought leader in the healing arts or the dark shadow arts. I am so grateful. So that's where I'm at right now in life. Just gratitude.
0: What I would like to acknowledge while you're Mm -hmm. speaking is the fact that sometimes when you speak some truths, Mm-hmm the particles in your air and my air exchange through the Mm -hmm. phone, like sound speakers. Mm -hmm. So sometimes when they interact, they clash and cause frequency, which is when the connection drops out. Mm. I would like to allocate that time to the ancestors and say that whenever our network connection drops out in any of our calls, the ancestors are telling us that we don't need to publicize that. Yeah. So the reason why we're doing this is because of the way I am a spiritual adept. hmm I was looking for co-hosts to join me so we can do it like lip service. I found you. You're based in the US. You are Gully Geechee. <laughs> and I wanted to know more people who are like me Mm. who still read books as adults or Mm -hmm. still have crafts as adults who still do their own thing as adults whatever they did in their childhood is what you continue to do as an adult
2: Mm -hmm.
0: and all i've ever done is read books Mm. My star sign, and I'm doing this as an introduction to our musings lounge, the medicine shell. So we're Mm -hmm. reversing it. We're reversing the polarities Mm -hmm. because we've had a lot of conversations
2: Mm. and we've done
0: a lot of calls where the static on our calls has made it close to impossible to decipher what we're saying. Yeah. So, I believe that your energy and my energy were trying to figure out how we merge together accordingly. Mm. Because you cannot get higher than God. Mm-hmm. But one thing I realized as the creative is that if God created this planet and he is a creative, or it mm-hmm. is a creative, or they are a creative, whether it's masculine or feminine energies, how many other gods? Did God create mm. do you understand that mass equation Ro
2: mm-hmm,
0: Could you explain it for people because I think I may have lost some people on that little journey of my intellect.
1: I mean, think about it, it's the infinite. you're talking about the infinite. we don't know if it's a single polarity if it's, it's if it's triple double quadruple. <laughs> It's just an infinite energy that is really like how can you explain it you can't really explain it you have to just be in it because the energy of God is what's the word um, it's, it's, it's just an infinite source of energy it, it, it it's, it's, it's a continuation. It never stops. (laughs) There is no such thing as death. (laughs) When you're talking about the the, the God conscious, the higher conscious, like there is no such thing. It's just a continuation of a continuation of a continuation, whether it's feminine, whether it's masculine, whether it's, you know, one, two, three, or four, it does not matter. It's just something that's unexplainable. You just have to feel it. You just have to know it exists. So, I get it. I get it. <laughs> I get it.
0: So on this call, Ro, mm-hmm. we're going to talk about
1: COVID. Mm-hmm. It's the <laughs> big don't...
0: old elephant in the
1: room. It is. It is it's, it's so much. Whew.
0: While I say that, I would like to give the immense and honorable shout out to Lord Ganesha. Yeah. He is a energy being Mm -hmm. And for all those who are of Asian descent who know Lord Ganesha, I have an altar in my house. An altar is a place where you worship God. Does that make sense to you, Ro?
1: Oh, definitely.
0: Could you explain that for people?
1: Again, Mm. I don't want
0: my intellect to overshadow the truth.
1: Okay, so to me, an altar is a place where I connect to my higher self. I connect to my ancestors. I connect to the God within me because all gods are nothing but uh, you. So it is a place where you just go. It can be anywhere in your house. It can be a, 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 a table you set up. It could be your bed that you sleep in. It's just a sacred place. You're a sacred place. To just reveal who you are and serve the gods that you know are contributing to your life as you go on. It's just a sacred place.
0: So is it illegal to have an altar in your house? No, your America? house is
1: your house is an altar. Your house is your biggest shrine. Like it, it your house is your haven. Your house is your sacred place. So and 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 you are an altar. You are the living body, walking, breathing altar. So it's so just then, a yeah.
0: Go on. Go on.
1: So it's just like basically if I am my own shrine and altar, I'm just creating something that is just it's just me. You know? I can't even like you are the living, breathing body temple. And you are the altar, and you are the shrine. But if you want to use your house for your symbolisms, then yeah, do it. So That's how I see it. It's no disconnection. It's hard. You know, when you've been doing it for so long, it's kind of hard for you to break it down because you've been doing it for so long till you integrate it into your practices until it's like, you just going to have to walk, come on this journey with me. I'll hold your hands and then I'll show you. Cause some things I just can't tell you because I've been doing it for so long. It's just a way of life. So, Mm -hmm.
0: with that being said, Mm -hmm. explain who you are according to the Gully
1: Geechee tribe. Well, the Gullah, I am, I'm just learning it now. That I'm one of the thought leaders and spiritual advisors. But there's many different Gullah people. So don't go and try to... We're not like, okay, you go to one tribe and you just be like, where's Ro? She's the thought leader and the spiritual advisor. No, I am the thought leader. I am the healer. I am the practitioner of my bloodline. But my background... And in the, in the, in the culture that I come from is the Gullah Geechee culture in South Carolina. So, I'm based in South Carolina, Charleston to be exact. And I am what we call a hoodoo practitioner slash root worker. Could and you I expand am, on that, please? Um,
2: my healing
1: art is in herbs and roots. And the, and the book that I use is the Holy Bible. Because we're still kind of like Christian based. Okay. Yeah. Right. Is that as far as you can go on that? That's how, that's one aspect of my journey. But my other aspect is I am also a shadow worker. And I am a, a spiritual advisor when it comes to the different goddesses. I am a goddess um, practice. I'm gra- I'm a goddess worshiper, so I do all things in goddess form. So, right. and, and I don't separate the two because I know sometimes people be like, "Well, how are you gonna be into the goddess uh pantheon and then also read the Bible because they're interchangeable." Like a lot of people don't realize that because they haven't really went that far in their studies. So yeah,
0: mm-hmm. so. Could you please expand on that just a little more? Because I'm told I do not need to speak too much on this episode.
1: Okay, so when it comes to uh, my practice, um, I started off as, you know, learning about... I was a Christian, okay? I was a Baptist. Then I went to non-denomination... And let's first start off as I don't know if we can, you know, go into that because I want to briefly summarize it. Okay. but um, as a child growing up, I was a Jehovah Witness. Right. (laughs) As a Jehovah Witness, I went through that path did do that way, came through that door. And then after my grandmother, who was a Jehovah Witness, passed away, I started going to church with my grandfather, who was a Southern Baptist. Mm -hmm. So I grew up in the church. I was heavy indoctrinated. Um, as I got older, I realized that something was really off. I was missing something because I had a love for the ministry. Um, I had like pastors and reverends praying over me, like, "Oh, she's gonna be one of our ministers. She's gonna be a youth leader," and I really thought I was going to do all the things and, and above. And like, I I got baptized when I was thirteen, so I really went through that whole path of you know Christianity. So you know, I don't have I, I don't have nothing against it that's why i tell people i don't that's just my foundation
2: Mm -hmm. but
1: but i knew it was more and so therefore i went looking for more and i came across you know the wisdom of the gnostics i came across the wisdom of you know the the teachings of my own lineage and i didn't even realize that it, it exists because like i said as a child growing up which was so crazy about those of us who live in, you know, the low country of the Carolinas. I didn't realize we practiced Christianity different. (laughs) I didn't realize we did. I I thought everybody went and get readings. I thought everybody went and got their palm read. I thought everybody went and get tea leaves done. I thought everybody kind of like mixed the Bible with astrology because my great-grandmother, you know, who was an Eastern star and my great-grandfather who was a Freemason. I just thought everybody did it. I was like, Mm -hmm. well, you know, we are. But as I travel, I realized, no, we kind of practice Christianity a little different. So I just went down that rabbit hole. That's what I can say. Mm -hmm. And um, found some, you know, practitioners from the West of Texas, Grand Prairie, Texas. And I told them about my background and I told them everything. And it was like, you're a Gullah Geechee. I'm like, yes, I am. They was like, you need to go research your people. And I spent time doing research back into my own bloodline, no other bloodline, but mine. And I realized that we were the first group to start working with fetishes and We brought the cultures of our different backgrounds and cultures and clans to the Americas. We kept it in line and intact. And we are the first to have Gullah fetishes and create a system that is called hoodoo. It's not like voodoo. It's, 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 It's two different things. And so I am a proud practitioner of that path. Um, now when it comes to the goddess path, um, that was a little different because what I, what I learned is because I went through a man and let me tell you something. My elder in hoodoo told me that because I was a woman, he could only go so far with me. He was like, I'm not even going to. I'm not even going to even talk about certain things with you because that'll be out ethical. That'll be so ethical, unethical of me. Um, Men should not be trying to dictate a feminine path. It's not for the man to do. I want to send you to some elder women so that you can learn yourself and know who you are as a woman. So he sent me to my mentor and she's been my mentor ever since. So she's part of the goddess. Sorry, patio. just
0: bear with me one
1: moment. Okay. No,
2: no, no,
0: no, 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 no. Okay. Continue.
1: Yeah, and so that's when I met my mentor that I've been mentored ever since the age of 22, and she's more consistent on the archetypes of the goddess. So she, I mean, it is so I I don't know how to I don't know how to talk about it because it's like she just mentor us. And to just being understanding that divine feminine, the dark divine feminine. And she just teaches so much. Like, I've learned so much from the age of 22 to the age of 35. And so, with a lot of knowledge and research on these archetypes, it's, it's just like I incorporated it. And this is who I am now, ovulence, where I can go to the Bible, I can go to the Torah, I can go to the Quran, but I can also incorporate the goddess teaching and help women understand who their archetype is the archetype that they're living if they're living out of an archetype that they're not supposed to be in um <laughs> I can really do all that work to undo all these things and I only work with women mm-hmm. even though I have men who have asked me to <laughs> mentor them and I'm like no not right now. I can pretty much do readings for you, but when it comes to really like mentoring you, I leave that up to the initiation of you know manhood with with other men,
2: mm-hmm. you know.
1: But they have been been plenty of men who have asked me to be their mentor. So, I am what you call just a thought leader in the feminine practices and arts, and I love it. And my and like I said, my background is in Hoodoo Gullah culture and fetishes. And the goddess um, Pantheon, And we're going to leave that here (laughs) because I don't want to expand too much on it.
0: (laughs) No, no, you can because this is Mm -hmm. where I give you your flowers. Okay. This is going to be the first episode because we had to clean up the frequencies first. Yeah. And you had to talk to me about a couple of things.
1: Mm Mm-hmm.
0: And we spoke about it in private. Mm
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And those things will never be said in public. Mm. Regardless yes. of whether we fall out or we don't fall out. Yeah. Because as women, mm-hmm. we must respect each other's dignity. Yes. And my dignity is in my culture. Mm. This is the point where people will probably say that I am conceited. Mm-hmm. Because I have lived a British lifestyle. Mm. But I am still ibibio slash Mm. Mm Efik. So, please, Ro, I have a couple of questions for you. Okay. That a couple of people have been asking, but they don't want to ask the question. Mm. What is the dark side of a goddess?
1: The dark... The dark side of the goddess is is the side that you repress and you suppress. It is the emotion of rage. It is the emotion of anger. It is the emotion of your authentic feelings. Like, you don't, you know, because we're taught to always be happy. We're taught to always have good feelings. Even if we're not feeling well. Even if we're angry about a situation even if we don't want to even forgive the person. So when we talk about the shadow arts, it is the side of you that you hide. It is the side of you that subconsciously and unconsciously that you do, and you're not aware of it. So we integrate that into our healing practices because if you don't understand that those feelings need to be validated if you don't under if you don't understand that <clears throat> you cannot misplace that anger, mm-hmm. um, you will not be a whole person. And so I see all these love and light workers always promoting God, 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 God. God. But what they don't understand that the shadow aspect of yourself, the what they call the demon, what they call the devil. If you don't acknowledge that, you can't get to God-like practices. You can't become the God of your life if you do not understand your lower nature. And so what I do is I help women validate their lower self. I help them get past and stop suppressing and repressing feelings and emotions that they always had. I make them go through their dark nights. I make them honor the parts of them that they don't love because in your imperfection, you learn that you are already perfect. And so, my goal is to really do that work, that greater work. And so, when people talk about the dark goddess, they always look at it as just a mean person. Oh, you know, the reason why you're doing that is because you're so angry with life. And I'm like, that's not true. Most of us who work on this shadow side, we are some of the most compassionate people. We're some of the most loving people, but we understand the need to, like, do it. We understand the need for it. And I always tell people it's okay to be angry. It's okay to be rageful. It's okay to not even forgive somebody who has hurt you. You know? And Mm -hmm. so when they hear me, because I just had a friend told me that yesterday. She was like, I'm going through this breakup and you are the only person that is just making me rethink my whole life. And I said, why? Because they got you feeling bad for love. They got you feeling bad for how you feel and I'm the only one that's telling you to feel your emotions so a lot of times those of us on the darker side in the shadow arts people are afraid to come to us because they think that we're going to basically make them evil (laughs) and that's not what we do and in actuality I think this side actually get the healing done that the light side can never get done. I'm just going to be honest.
0: How hmm. does that present? How have you found that presenting in black women? Just bear you with, say with how I me. Do. I'm on a call. I'm on the musings behind the creative call. I'm running my podcast. Okay, no, sorry. You podcast. Did you bring them though? Yeah, you let's, let's bring them Thank you. Them. Did yeah. you get the jewelry yeah. as well? No, I was able to get the jewelry, but I've got the Thank you, darling. Yeah. So,
1: can you ask that question? Because I I guess you were interrupted.
0: I was. Mm -hmm. How does the dark side, how have you found that present in black women of color?
1: Oh, it's so hard for us. Um, It's not a lot of us that wants to be a part of that because we are the shadow. So how can i say sometimes my heart bleeds for us as black women because we are afraid to do that work we want to ignore things we want to repress our true feelings we want to live inauthentic we want the tips and the tricks but we don't want to do the work and so how is it presented in black women? Sometimes it's not presented at all. Um, I was in a group of like I told you, like five hundred women, and they all was trying to figure out what is the shadow teaches like. Is that like what what kind of teachings is that? And so I was so like it was a privilege that my Ethiopian connection she brought me into the group to explain that to these women because. They just didn't get it. They didn't They didn't want to understand it because everything is always the laws, this, the laws of attraction, love and light. You got to love hard. And I'm just thinking, like, can you really love hard if all you ever got was unrequited love? Can you really love hard when you've been abused? Can you really love hard when you've been mistreated? Because you really don't know. You don't even get it. You don't even grasp the concept of self first so when it comes when it's personifying black women I just say that it's not really presented there because we are either bible like we are really indoctrinated we are the last and that's why I think it's so hard for us to really be these innovators that we're supposed to be because we're so focused on being servants and not, and I'm not even going to say servants as in a servitude for others, putting others before us, um, being diplomatic in our interests, not protecting our own interests. And the lives that we live, I've watched so many black women die. So many die. Die either while they're still alive or have physical death. And that what breaks my heart so much. And I think that's what motivates me to keep going. Because even the women in my family who have passed away, every last one of them passed away for not putting themselves first. And I was like, I can't, I got to stop this cycle. And so, <laughs> oh, I don't want to tear up. But so I'm just so... I'm just compassionate about women and the journey of black women and the journey of getting us at a place where we could basically feel that wholeness again. I'm like, if I don't do nothing in this life, at least I made my mark by, by helping the matriarchs of the family get to a place where they can be solving within themselves where their children can last from generations to generations and where they can just really be proud of who they are and love themselves in their wholeness, even when they're not love they self in an apartment, love they self in a room, love they self in a mansion, love themselves so much till it does not matter where they act in life that they continue to love themselves. And that's, that's just my goal. Like, Man, that's, oh my God, that's my goal. Like that's, every day I wake up understanding that's my purpose. Because I know what it's like. I wouldn't be on this journey if I didn't practice it myself. If I wasn't my own, you know, if I didn't get the mentorship, if I didn't get the healing, I wouldn't even be here today to be on this podcast to talk to you about it. So I'm in I'm in gratitude.
0: Have you found found that on your way on this journey, you have lost a lot of friends?
1: Oh, my God. That is the death. (laughs) Let's talk about that. That is the death. I've even lost friends that I didn't even imagine losing. I even lost friends who had to stop because they couldn't come with me. And that is the death to lose the people you love. Because it's like, they don't get your journey. And my mentor told me this one time in a session. And I can say this. She said, people like you, but they don't respect you. And I never understood what she meant by that. Until I really started looking at, like the the scales fell off my eyes. And I started seeing people for who they are. They like being around me. They like my energy. But they just don't know how to respect it. Because they don't understand me. And... At first I used to cry about it. And be in grief every time I lost a friend. Every time I lost someone that I got close to. But then I now I rejoice because it's like... The faster you can get to your purpose... You're going to have to let the weight get off of you. And if that person is weighing you down, how can you move? And one thing I will not do is put myself in sacrificial energy. I just can't do it. And so I've lost friends. I've lost family. Sometimes you lose your parents. Even before a physical death. I have women who had to really emancipate themselves from their families and their bloodlines because it would have been at their own detriment to continue be attached to these people. And the hardest thing is to be told. How can I put this in words? You may needed that bloodline that came through but you're not from that bloodline. (laughs) That's the hardest thing to really conceptualize. How can I be born of this mother and this father, but not be of them? So, when I hear the stories of those women, those are the brave stories. You ever read a book, Women Who Run with Wolves? Mm -mm. That is a beautiful book to read. It, like, if you ever on your journey get Women Who Run with Wolves, that book would change your whole life. Like, I was given that book at the age of 22, 23 by this lady in her 30s at that time. And she was like, Read this book. And I just read that book. And that book changed my life and the dynamics of my life. And It just made me look at the journey of womanhood, you know, different. And so that's why I go hard in my work. (laughs) I tell ladies, I don't care if you're 21. I don't care if you're you're legal at 18, you're 21, you're 30, you're 40, you're 50. You still can't recreate yourself. There is no limits.
0: Did you say you still can't or you still can't? You still
1: can Hmm. Like, a lot of times people just stop because whew, they Please stop because it. life. They stop because what they go through in life. And so that's why I was like "We're doing this co hosted with you. I am from the shadows. I haven't... It's not so much of the frequency between us. It's just that the women like me who come from that shadow path, those esoteric paths, we are being hidden for a reason.
0: Could you expand
1: on that, please? Because our information cannot be researched. The stories that we tell cannot be found on Google. You can't go to bars and nobles and read about us. You just gotta meet us and the time you have with us, you enjoy. That's just it. My men like my mentor, I can't even bring up her name because you would never meet her just by going to look up her in information online. You have to be brought to her by one of her initiates. And so when you when the real healers step up, the ones who are trying to heal step back, and so Could you
0: repeat that, please.
1: I said when the real healers step up, the healers that are trying has to step back.
0: And what does that mean?
1: The authentic healers, the authentic energy workers, the magicians of the world—we are in the hiding season right now. So, a lot of times. You just be. You might just be lucky to come across one that is really authentic because we're not out here. Like, even though I'm, I'm often. How can I say this? Because you know, I'm often <laughs> amazed that I can be so successful in my path, and I don't have the advertisement <laughs> like that. I'm often amazed that I can be booked for months in advance, and I don't promote myself like that. But it's through the referral that I the mouthful of privilege. People on the research workers,
0: Okay. stop right there stop right there Mm -hmm. let's just wait for the energies to settle because I sat down on a bed I'm not supposed to sit down on Mm -hmm. and it started breaking up the connection Mm
2: -hmm.
0: so we need to take a a moment to pause Mm -hmm. if you can hear me and i can I
1: can hear, hear you. You. mhm-, okay, I think that we're supposed to be gentle in these calls because I guess last week we were so excited to meet each other. <laughs> it was like, Where have you been all my life? <laughs> <laughs> so I guess we needed that practice for that week and 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 like I said i we talked about so much stuff underneath the sun and it was like, whoo, you know, so we definitely have to be careful on the airways. And my uncle used to say <clears throat> only a certain time of the day you can speak about certain things because he was mm-hmm. in the Air Force.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And he and he that was the one I told you that used to read my palms from the age of eight to the age of 20. And. um, Like he always used to say, you cannot say certain things at certain times of the day or at night. He said, but the best time to talk about these things is at night. And now I know what he means. So I'm I'm up at 5.37. I have my coffee because I always get up early. I get up around like 4.30. So I'm up. My energy is up. And so I was like, okay, let me reach out to her. Because I think it's, you know, I could probably talk to her because I saw that when I tried to, you know, go into t- the like the midday or, you know, maybe at nine or 10 o'clock, uh, that's where the frequency starts happening. And I guess that's when people start their day and we're, we're basically supposed to be quiet. So that's what it is. So, yeah, you know. Is I just I just wish more our women. I wish that the healing arts of the shadow will be more presented, and we don't fear losing our families, losing our lovers. Because I think that's a big deal. I think when we 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 are afraid to really heal because. We're afraid that that person that we're with romantically is mm-hmm. going to leave us. Let's be honest. Mm-hmm. because many times, as black women coming from these indoctrinations, I don't care if you're part of the ATR religion. I don't care if you're part of the mainstream religions. Everything is male-based on the surface. And so a lot of times when they see women like me come around, you know what we get called, oh, the feminist is coming. The feminist is coming. (laughs) The feminist is cousin coming. So when we come around, they think that, oh, she's going to basically make us hate men. She's going to make us hate our sons. She's going to make us hate our fathers. And so that's another reason why it's not presented in black women. And it should. Because black women go through so much horrendous acts when it comes to men. And I don't want to be mean, but the darker the woman is, the harder is her circumstances.
0: And can I interject in there yeah are we talking about light skin dark skin or are we talking about your genetic
1: code it could be both you know you can have a question that is right is still wrong and wrong is still right we can talk about colorism we can talk about featureism. we can talk about classism we can talk about all of that. And so when they meet women like me, black women who have women from all different walks of life, all different. Like I like I told you in private I said, well, I can I'm a, I'm a just be, you know, not too deep with it, but I have women from all different cultures, tribes, clans come to me. And they think their journey is so different. I keep hearing the same narrative. I don't care if she's from the Caribbean. I don't care if she's Black American. I don't care if she's West African, South African, East African. The narrative is always the same. (laughs) What
0: narrative is is that?
1: They don't know how to put themselves first. They don't. They male identify. They don't know their divinity, and what I see for women in these. But what breaks my heart is the women in the in the pr- underprivileged backgrounds, or I'm not gonna say, you know, undeveloped countries. I'm not gonna say that. But what I will say is those women, and the stories that they tell me is it be so horrendous. I have clients that, how can I say this? I have clients who, like, the the women in the West, <laughs> I'm going to say it like this, how can I put this? I have women in the West wanting to get into the sex working industry as a lucrative career. They're not seeing it from a place of pain. They're seeing it from a place of, this is how I'm going to make extra money. hmm But women who come from these countries, from Cameroon, from Nigeria, from Ghana, and different parts of the continent of Africa, or, you know, Black women who have to move into these European countries, from these countries, they're doing it out of survival. So it's more painful. And to hear these women telling me they've been in these practices since they were like 13 and 14. It breaks my heart. So, like, when I see Western women, like, oh, I'm going to get into the sex break because I just want to get this man. I'm like, do you know some women that have been in this since they were 13 years old? They're doing it out of survival so that they can have your life. So, the stories of women, (laughs) I just be like, we're so resilient. We don't even understand. That's why. That's why we have to have somebody tell us about our divinity. That's why we have to have somebody make us put ourselves first. Because the stories, I'm go, like, I, I, I said in, in my later years, I'm going to write a bunch of books because somebody got to help the youth. Somebody got to, you know, give them a guideline to really live in their best life. Mm-hmm you know, because I even want to start my series, you know, because nobody is really teaching women, like black women, nobody, because no, I, I guess what it is, because when you do teach them, you come up against a wall. Hmm. How like, does that uh,
0: wall present in black women? Um, I don't want to use women of color. Because I am not a coloring board.
1: Yeah, I get it. Because I, I guess sometimes we use, you know, women of color because we don't want to leave other cultures out. But we do have to start with us first. It's, not, it's it's, nothing wrong with other women of color, but we have to start with us first. So how does it present? It presents itself as sometimes you get ignored Sometimes when you are in that leadership mentor role, they don't want to be a student. They want to actually argue back and forth with you. Um, Sometimes they collaborate with men to bring you down. Um, Sometimes you get death threats. Um, How does it manifest? Mm -hmm. Sometimes you get set up. <laughs> Tell me about that. Tell um, me about the setups. Oof. ooh, gosh.
0: Because we need to get down to the nitty gritty.
1: Yeah. The setups come where <laughs> you don't want to publicize your authentic name or your legitimate name because you don't know who's going to come after you. I have seen women with great source of information. I have seen women who basically can really change the lives of Black women come up against death threats, have their whole movement stopped because of their words. One thought leader was on the clubhouse. I invited her because it was, you know, my mentor asked me to invite her. Mm. And so she had a lot of people following her on the clubhouse. Like, she really made a name for herself. And because of the stuff that she was saying was unconventional. And black women who didn't know what she was talking about had
0: Stop right there. We need... Stop right there. We need the energies to resettle. We need the energies to resettle. Because I moved my phone. Mm -hmm. Exhale out. Mm -hmm. Whatever pain you have,
2: Mm
0: -hmm. we're going to bleed it out on this dance floor. Mhm. Because on God box. Mhm. It's on the box of the vortex.
1: Yeah. So Oof. I felt really bad for her because they pretty much was trying to get her information. They pretty much wanted to she tear was her trying home. trying to
0: get her information? Are you talking uh, about a specific scenario or a
1: specific Jane Doe? I'm going to say a Jane Doe because I don't okay. want to bring her name in this. Okay. But the reason why I kind of felt bad for that is because I brought her on the platform. I thought I was doing a favor by bringing her there. And I thought, you know, like, you know, it was going to benefit the clubhouse platform. Mm. And it did because some women got it and I'm thankful for her, but she, she had to leave quick because so many people was coming for her. So many women was coming for the women that she's mentored and she's helped. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm, I'm going to say this and hopefully I can say this on the podcast.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: We had a casualty.
0: could you expand on that please
1: what was the <laughs> casualty one of the girls died on
0: the clubhouse
1: yeah they don't want to talk about that so i don't i don't know if i can talk about that
0: it's up to you what you want to talk about this is your floor today
2: mhm
1: so it's like somebody got killed and so we had to stop it because I always say, I'm not afraid of the leaders of these people. I'm afraid of the followers. And so, because of that, when you say, how does it present itself? How does it present itself in black women when they're resistant? Sometimes it can end in violence. So Ooh, I don't want to tear up. It's okay. This is a safe space. You do whatever so, you need
0: to do, babe. That.
1: That's the reason why I'm I'm hidden because it's like um <laughs> the truths of, of our mouths hit deep. The stories that we tell hit deep the healing that we give hit deep until like it's scary. You have to look your shadow in the eye. You can't blame nobody else. (laughs) We take accountability for our lives. We make people who do us wrong. We make them pay. So It's like...
0: Can I interject there? How do black women make victims of other black women and make them pay for things that is not their fault?
1: We hold them... I don't think black women have reached that concept because we still in the forgiveness state. When I heard a woman told me who molested her throughout her life, and she forgave that person, and she still was hurting in the inside... And when she said she had to sit at the dinner table across from that person and her family was feeding that person, I realized we haven't grasped that concept. So, when we talk about the power of unforgiveness, they don't get it. (laughs) When we talk about accountability they don't get it when we talk about you don't have to be around your abusers you don't have to be around family members you don't have to put yourself in unsafe situations they don't get it and when we tell them you don't have to be on the front lines of these movements to your detriment they don't get it And when we tell them to save yourself. They don't get it. So. We only go to the ones. Who do get it. Who's ready to get it. Because. Like I said before. When I bought that woman on that platform. I didn't expect all that to happen. But I also realized. Movements are going to happen. And just like people like to use the Christ of the Bible, he didn't come to earth to really bring peace. He brought chaos. His gift was to come here to eradicate the mindsets and bring us to a higher consciousness. And he was here to bring us out of poverty. And that's the reason why anybody who's a thought leader... Anybody that's that's trying to change the world and contribute to the consciousness of humans because that's what we are. You're going to have chaos. That's just it. So when people talk about the healing of the darker side, it's about chaos and understanding that in order to bring, in, in order to have order, you must go through the chaos. We're not ready for that conversation.
0: So how do you bring peace in chaotic waters?
1: There is only peace when you go through it.
0: So, Ms. Roe, what does that mean for you?
1: To bring, I rebel in chaos, especially in creative chaos. I'm not looking to bring peace on subjects that is going to make a change in the world. I know I'm going to be misunderstood, and I have to accept that. I know I'm going to be controversial, and I have to accept that. And I know I got to protect myself at any means necessary. Because I have to accept that. When you are a, what you call it? When you're shifting the energies, you cannot expect for it to always be peaceful. And I think that's the issue. We want the love and the lightness of it. We want somebody to coddle us. To hold our hands like babies. And be like oh yes you're going to get through that. And no you probably won't. And I've realized that. On my journey. And doing this shadow work. My mentor has. Compassion for me. But she don't coddle me. She make me sit in it. She make me. Accept it, she made me take accountability for the life that I've created. Because she she tells me, your, your divinity is you. And gods have to walk into their divinity and cannot make excuses. And so, in my work, I make people honor themselves, even honor the shit that they put themselves in. Like, honor it all. So I don't think it's like, uh, how can I say, the piece that we're thinking about with the zen, you know, the zen movement. Yeah, you come to some zen moment once you fully accept the situation and you fully accept yourself, you have a zen moment. But to just think you're going to have a zen moment when you're going through the chaos, no, that's not going to happen. When I brought her on the platform, she didn't have a zen moment. She had to argue with so many different people. But she said, when you are a thought leader and you voice your thought out, you have to also be aware that you will be challenged. So, that's just it. And I don't think... And and you know what? I think that's why we cannot compete the way that we need to compete. Because we're afraid.
0: What is that fear?
1: Like you said in the previous... Like the first 20, 30 minutes in the recording, the whole losing people losing support and let's be honest losing yourself and that's why I pose a question or what are you going to give who are you going to give up places are you going to give up to truly live the life you desire What are you going to give up? <laughs> what are... Because those of us who are in these thought process and these leadership roles, we have given up a lot. <laughs> we have lose ourselves. <laughs> I told you that NARS, that um, Barclay song, um, Crazy, that song. Could you,
0: could you say that again?
1: NARS, Barclay, Crazy Song. The song, like, I remember... Um,
0: Calm down, calm down, mm-hmm. relax. Because when you get a little bit emotional, mm-hmm. the frequency fluctuates. So let's just take a moment. Let's just take a moment.
1: Mm-hmm. Maybe I, I'm I'm just passionate. That's all. And I think the frequencies feel that passion.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: But uh, I always tell people, lose yourself. Because you're going to find yourself and you're going to redefine yourself.
0: Could you make that explicitly clear for people to truly understand that I stand with no fear?
1: Like, that should be a mantra. I stand with no fear. Because in it all, think about it. You lose yourself. And you're not truly losing yourself. What you're losing, I don't know if you're being interrupted again. I'm not. Okay, what you're losing is the narratives that you told yourself. The communities that Put all this information into you that's outdated. You living for other people, whether you're living for your culture, whether you're living for your tribe, whether you're living for your parents, whether you're living for this identity that you keep seeking that is not do that is not in your best interest. So that's what you're losing. And sometimes it looks like you're going crazy. It looks like you're about to lose your mind. But when you really have that moment to regain yourself and listen to your own thoughts and seek people who help you regain yourself, because, yes, listening to your own thoughts is cool, but you still have to seek mentors. You still have to seek guidance. And I always tell people you have to even ask the universe to send people who understand your higher calling better than you do. And then once you meet those people and you get those tools to sharpen who you are, then you can start redefining your life. And the people that will show up, will show back up if they're supposed to be there. And the people that were never supposed to be there, they will leave and never, you will never see them again. Not in that light. And that's why I say those women who emancipated themselves from their bloodlines, from their mothers and their fathers, from their clans, from their tribalistic ways. And they lived their own life and they became the God within and they step in their own divinity and they integrated and reshaped themselves. Those women can never be defeated. I've met those women. I stand with those women, and I honor those women and men I'm not going there's some men who had to do the same thing too, but for the most part, especially black women who do that because sometimes we are called to be the caregivers of our families, the lovers of our men, the martyrs. <laughs> the sacrificial ones. And the minute we just drop everything and really start living for ourselves, we go through the most life lessons and the deaths and the cycles of them all. Because how could you? How could you do that? You're selfish. Wow. It's not about you. You're conceited. You need to go humble yourself. Your place is in the kitchen. Who's going to take care of my children? And it's never like, well, dang, do I have my own thoughts? So those black women who have emancipated themselves and just really did them and diversified and divest and did whatever they needed to do in order to win in this game called life, I honor them. That's brave. I'm, I'm still on that journey. I ain't there yet because I don't see it as a destination. So I'm constantly still cultivating myself and learning, too. And if I can sit at their feet and just get the wisdom, I'm always happy. Because I know I'm not alone in this. And I think that's another thing why it doesn't present itself with Black women, because we're afraid to be alone. We are afraid of the season of solitude. because <clears throat> we're so community based you know we come from community backgrounds I'm Gullah Gee-Gee. we're community based people like I live in what we call a quarters so you have your mother house your grandmother house your uncle over there your first cousins over here and everybody live in this quarter like everybody is kin and so yes it's a good sense of sense of belonging because You don't feel like you ever without because physically, you know, if you got, if you hungry, somebody's there to feed you. If you need clothes, somebody there's to to warm you. So I guess that's another reason why, because if you have that great sense of community, you feel like, why should I leave it? My physical needs are being taken care of. I'm just going to go ahead and just live my life for my community. Because if I leave it, I'm going to be alone. Who's going to feed me? Who's going to shelter me? You know, who's going to put a roof over my head? Like, and I think that's what it is too.
0: Do you think that because of this way of doing things that women unfortunately shackle themselves to men they do not need to marry early on in life?
1: yeah pretty much
0: could you expand on that please
1: because we look at them as our saviors we look at them as they're going to save us from our chaos and we put some in this God ranking place when they're just humans too and so we we put them in these sacrificial positions where they can't really love us because they're too busy trying to survive with us.
0: So do you think it's a sin to marry early? I think it's a sin
1: to marry when you don't know yourself. How can I marry somebody and I don't know who I am yet? I'm still redefining my life. Because, see, a woman thinks that she's going to marry one time and that's going to be the end all. But a wise woman knows she may marry many times. And in America,
0: Mm -hmm. what are the legalities of getting married? How do they confirm that you have married someone?
1: Well, through the papers, like courthouse.
0: And how does that work?
1: You go to the courthouse and you basically sign papers, you have somebody ordain the marriage, so you're legally married, and you're married to their assets, and what, because I don't think, that's why I think it's different from uh, let's see, continental traditional marriages, arranged marriages, and then western marriages, because we're just married through paper. Yes, you go through a traditional courthouse wedding, or you might have a white wedding, that's based in religion. But for the most part, once you sign your name on that piece of paper, then they'll consider you that person's legal husband, legal wife. But, but spiritually, you're not married. Spiritually, let's be honest, every time you sleep with a person, you're married to them. Mm. Hmm. But when it comes to The legalities of asset protections and property, because marriage was always based on property and ownership and legacy. It was never based in where
0: was that? Was that in
1: the U.S. or is that that's still that's in the U.S. But that's in any Western world. Okay, yeah, like that's why people can be married and still love other people.
0: What do you mean by that?
1: Like your the piece the 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 your the papers that you sign does not mean that you're not gonna love somebody else. That that don't control the heart, that don't control the soul, that don't control the body, that don't control nothing. All that control is your assets, all that control is your material possessions, all that control is your property, all that control is the fact that. If something happened to that person, you may just be the owner of what they left behind materialistically, but they don't leave behind their soul. They don't believe behind their heart. (laughs) They don't believe they can't, they go with they take whatever they have with them, with them. So it's like, yeah, you might get the person possessions, you might get the person uh material gains, but you're not getting them. So I guess that's the reason why most Americans don't. They always say we don't value you marriage, like we don't take marriage seriously. Um, we don't, and they always put us down. And yes, marriage is a way to climb up your social status. And I always tell women, marriage really benefits the men than the women because once a man is married, he his social structure changes. Like he, people trust him more. Like he's more, he's more trustworthy. For some odd reason. And so um I think that's why they tell us we're not a marrying nation. Oh, you know, the United States they're not a marrying nation. The women, they don't take marriage seriously.
0: Sorry, over... relax, relax, you're, sh- you're fidgeting. you're
1: Yeah, I just moved in my phone. Um I just had a text. Oh, but um I think just that's... relax,
0: relax, because as an empath in mm-hmm. true light. I've just felt your fear on that text. Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> so um and I yeah, but I like I said, it's not like I don't value marriage because I do value marriage, but I also value relationships and I value building relationships. And like I said previously, a woman knows, a woman thinks that she I'm going to say woman, clone, body, average Jane thinks that the marriage is going to save her when she does not know who she is. But the wise woman knows she can marry several different times as long as she never leave herself, as long as she keep cultivating herself. That man is not to save her. That man is there to compliment her.
0: Well, do you understand now why we're spiritual sisters?
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I definitely understand. So
0: Are you happy to be my co-host?
1: Of course. I am very happy to be your co-host and I thank you for this opportunity because it is such a great opportunity. Are we ever
0: gonna fight over a man then?
1: Fight over a man. Well, no, no. <laughs> no, and I mean, I'm walking on the celibate path, so no, so I told you that. I
0: don't know,
1: but Ever I just wanted
0: to this... make it real clear for idiots mm-hmm. that would still try and test me and tell me that I'm not the most intellectual black woman on the planet.
1: Well, listen, like I said before, I don't fight over no man. I've never been in that seat don't want to be a part of that seat and uh, listen if you have to fight over a man that means he's neither one of our men because like humans going to do what they want to do at the end of the day so I I always say listen I have a private life I tell my lovers when I am active I have a private life I have a life that you must respect if you're doing your thing and I don't know about it Slow down, slow
0: down, slow down, slow down.
2: Because
0: the fear is -hmm. on the line. I am an. Wait. Mm -hmm. We need to breathe for a minute. (sighs) Okay. We need to chill for a minute. We need to let all of that really settle into. People's spirits. Mm-hmm. You know why we had to do it this way, right? Yeah. Mhm. Because every time we bring a new sister onto the co-host, the energies are going to be a bit interesting. Yeah. So we have to be very, very real about our sisterhood.
1: Listen, I'm in. Talk- if I don't do nothing good, I know I do sisterhood good. So uh, <laughs> <laughs> I got, hey, listen, I might, I, I, I don't promote myself as being perfect, but I have gained what friendships are and what sisterhood is. And I can definitely operate in sisterhood. And like my, and one thing I frown upon is people that's not loyal. If somebody, if things are discussed in private, let it be discussed in private. And if we fall out, I have fallen out with many of my friends, and I would never bring up their past in their face. And I would never talk behind their back. And I will always be their little secrets of secrets. I think that's why they always want to still give me stuff because they think I'm going to say something that they don't tell me. I'm like, no, I don't do that. You know, I'm a very, like I said, I'm a very private person, I live a very private life. And I love my life like that. I don't be, I'm not in nobody's drama. To be honest, I don't have a drama-filled <laughs> life. And I always tell people, like, ah, you pretty much gonna think I'm boring. <laughs> like, you, what, like, where's the drama? I'm sorry, I I can't do it. I don't dwell well in drama. So, nah. I revel in the chaos of life, but when it comes to that drama stuff, I don't. So you will never see me fight over nobody. I I don't do it. I don't even. I don't even. I I think I recently had some guy a couple months ago. He told me that he loved me, uh, and that his girlfriend found out and Yo, she called Lord, me. Lord God, and repeat, she was laughing. repeat
0: repeat that for me, please, because. This show is going to be a long one.
1: Yeah, like I said, because, you know, we got to keep it, you know.
0: We got to keep it it 100 Yeah.
1: Like, I have this friend, like, I've been knowing him since 2017. He is of Igbo descent. He's from South Carolina. And me and him, you know, we did start it off, you know, dating each other. But we just realized we're better at being friends. But he still has this love for me. So for his birthday, we went out last year. Nothing romantic, just had a good time. But the energy felt like newlyweds because everywhere we went, people kept saying, y'all marry, y'all marry, y'all marry. And we're like, no, we're just friends. Like, that's just it. So I guess he still has love for Sorry, me.
0: let me interrupt mm-hmm. just a second, mm-hmm. bro. I don't know <laughs> how many men you slept with.
1: Mm-hmm. And I'll never tell, but okay.
0: <laughs> I know how many men I've slept with. Yeah. But then I averaged that out based off of when I started having sex. Yeah. And I'm going to just leave it right on the tip of that tip. Yeah. Yeah. The reason why we're having this call like this, this is the introduction to the Musings Lounge. Wow. The way I play spiritual warfare with God
2: mm-hmm.
0: is that he likes to test me and makes me write idiotic exam papers.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Those exam papers are what he then uses to give as an example to people in my life mm. as to how not to fuck with me on my internet. Mm-hmm. Mm. You are my sister wife on this show. Okay. (laughs) 13 Clan Mothers is the book that I was supposed to have read. Wow. I have been avidly disturbed by the mental institutions of the United Kingdom.
2: Mm.
0: I have been avidly disturbed by people who think they can manage me because they want me to be their baby cakes and I am nobody's baby cake mm. so there's parts of me that really can flow and rhyme like a Nostradamus mm. and then there's our fluent in intellectual barbaric I'm going to slew you down until I slay mm-hmm. you mm-hmm and the one thing that my parents haven't quite understood about me is that don't play the joker. Mm. You see, my parents didn't know that I wasn't working for my company. Mm. And when they didn't know, they were happy. As soon as they found out that I was making music again, they decided to try and freeze me out. Wow. It will be a very long time. Day in Hades. Because I am Khaleesi. I watched Xena Warrior Princess. I don't think that's a show that even still comes on.
1: No, that show don't come on no more. I used to watch it too.
0: But then I found my cold de Chanel. And he may not be what they like, but he is exactly what I like. Mm. And the reality of it is that my parents have lost their daughter because they have not taken the time to learn me as a person, as an adult. That is due to the fact that the British system awards women who go and have children underage with homes. Wow. And penalizes the intellectual ones. Wow. So I am 36 sitting in a mental institution having this most eloquent call with you mm. because I still run musings behind the creative.
1: You So maybe my...
0: Wait, hold on, hold on, hold on. The energies need to settle. Yeah. Because there's some movement work going on outside. They're... they're in real time they're rebuilding this, uh, this hospital with patients in it mm-hmm. and they are finding out some truths that i already knew that i already know and that i told them but due to the level of my ptsd i cannot officially work with them mm. because that would require me to go back to school and i am never going back to school again mm. i will do it only for my part three Because that is the most important thing that I promised my dead son Mm. that I would do before I had him. Mm. I had an abortion later on in life. But I had enough sense to not have them cut my baby out of me.
2: Wow.
0: And my son came to me in spirit. I explained to my son that his father did not want him. And I can't make his father keep him if he does not want him. But I said to my son, if you ever want to come back to me, come back when you know I'm ready, when I have money to take care of myself, should your father not want you again. I have had one miscarriage because I was given tablets and forced to kill my son because his father did not want him.
2: Wow.
0: That's why this pod is so important to me because I have to speak that truth for everyone to know that I speak Igbo to the fluent, most eloquent, because of what my parents provided me with. They gave me tools and I A-starred on top of them on everything, and then I put it on God. Mm. So when I tell you I'm a betting man, I mean that I have shown my parents Pepe. I lived with them till I was 35. I did everything I needed to do in their house. They know me inside out, but they refuse to accept the fact that I will not marry an Igbo man ever again. Mm. I'm tired of their nonsense. I'm tired of the lies that they made it okay for Jamaican women to now marry boy. I just hope that she is living her truth because if boy finds out that she can't cook food like an Igbo woman, it's gonna be a problem. I have nothing against Caribbean women. I don't know enough of them to even make any type of judgment. My PTSD was genuinely triggered by the bullying of Jamaican young women who did not respect my brothers when they were young but wanted to fuck them. Mm. That is my truth. A lot of them are no longer my friends. The only person I can big up on this show is Natasha Matthew fam. Natasha Matthew, if you ever hear my show, if you ever wanna be a podcast host, you can come on. But never will I speak to Nakoda. Never, ever, 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 ever. I can speak to Marlon. I can speak to Dwayne. I know many Dwaynes. Mm. I'll have a whole entourage of Mandem. I can speak to Cheyenne, even, mm. on this part.
1: Girl, don't make me tear up. Because no, no. You, you just I have said, to tell it. You, You just triggered something within me that is... Um, I'm Gullah Geechee by my maternal side, right? Well, my father is West African, and I never had that connection. And so, like, oh, don't make me tear up.
0: No, babe, if you need to cry on this show, don't say that I have been the screaming banshee in my Jewish community. That's why they're tired Uh, of me.
1: If I was there right now with you, I'll give you a big hug. Because, like, wow, like, in this moment, you have said some things that is healing at the same time as truth. And my mother is Gullah. I grew up in my Gullah community. But I was never really accepted because of who my father was. My mother did not marry a Gullah man just like you may not want to marry an Igbo man. She ended up with a West African Caribbean man. Um, my father is of the Ivarian descent, his mother's from the Ivory Coast. Um, so I don't talk about him because he was absent. I learned my Caribbean and West African culture when I got into the collegiate level.
0: What does that mean? Huh?
1: Are you there?
0: I had, to let, I had to let that call ring out. Okay. Sarita, so... give me a second. Sarita, flow all day. I said to you that I will work with you. We're still working together, Sarita. Sarita, mm. if you want to co-host on my show, you come and bring all the A-bombs, B. Because now, let me just make it really clear.
2: Mm
0: -hmm. all the girls I went to primary school with caused me PTSD to such levels that I genuinely can't trust my Jamaican friends now. Wow. Because I went home and got beats on top of their bullying.
2: Wow.
0: So I took their beats again as the black Lucinda bruv.
1: Can we can we have a moment? Cause I, I I feel like I feel that in my cellular. Because see, like I was telling you, like I was basically like, oh, I'm feeling it because
0: Let the energy settle. Let the, because the connection is doing that thing again.
1: Mm-hmm, like
0: still so, waters like, run deep. Let me chill.
1: Yeah, like you really, are some some thing you why you buy the trick of me. But I am the child. I am the product of a black American woman and a West African man. That's not easy. They talk about mixed race kids being black and white but they don't have a place for us and then when I hear that you just say you went through the PTSD from your Jamaican friends right?
0: as a child
1: as a child think about the PTSD I went through from family not accepting me because I wasn't American because my looks are different I didn't feel like the gorgeous girl because my nose was broad, because I was darker than my Creole cousins.
0: Let's just let that one sit and settle in people's <laughs> spirits.
1: They don't realize that. It's like, and think about the love I try to get. I don't click with black American men at all. I, I see them as my brother. I see them as the men I grew up with. But I never see them as my lovers. Because I wasn't what they wanted. Because they didn't know what I was. I see my mother sleep many sleepless nights by herself. Because she's trying to figure out why this West African man didn't love her. Enough, but could produce a child with her. So, I am the product of your PTSD. So,
0: hold on, I got shivers. I need to chill.
1: <laughs> so, don't trigger me in that way because I didn't, I wasn't waking up. To I need
0: trigger. to chill.
1: So, you don't, I tell people, I'm tired of this black talk, I'm tired of this black versus black, I'm tired of this because y'all making the products, and the children are angry (laughs) because it's like you see me as a black American and I'm proud of my Gullah Geechee but I have to disown my West African side because they were not there for me he chose something else I don't know anything and I'm learning through my experience by talking to you by trying to connect with other West Africans and they don't I don't belong with them (laughs) because I'm not West African enough so I'm like
0: pause it right there pause (sighs) it right there
1: yeah
2: so
0: Mm -mm. pause it right there we're gonna end this show right now because this is the introduction into the medicine shell.
1: The, yeah, this this was wow. I don't. I didn't want to go there. I don't like to cry. <laughs> but you said that. ooh. yeah. That's yeah. why
0: we are sisters, and that's why I'm the thirteenth Mike.
1: I could just feel you. I just could feel it. Like I could feel your pain, and I'm like, I, I wanted to, I wanted to get to a pleasurable moment, but that was no pleasure. And sometimes you have to come to a point of, some things are just going to be what it is. And so, when you said that, I'm like, sweetheart, I, I understand. I'm not negating it. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not going to ever negate. It. But what I would say is, what about the products? What about? You said these women. They don't want to learn my culture, but they want to fuck my brothers. I said, what if I am the product of that?
0: I ain't got nothing against you.
1: You know, yeah. I
0: recognize my PTSD and I keep it where it
1: is. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So I'm just sitting here like, uh, I have no issues with my PTSD. I I, I am the product of, I didn't think my mama just wanted to fuck my daddy. I just think that they found love in, in a broken space and and that's just what it was. And, and I, that is the yeah. beauty
0: as to why I'm so stupendously, I'm not forgiving. Yeah. It's just that I've lived with my parents for so long that I just know how to let sleeping dogs lie.
1: Yeah. So that's why I'm like, man, I always like. Ooh, that's why I told you, I said, listen, if the women of that culture don't, want, don't, don't accept me, you're not going to be a part of that culture. So,
0: mm-hmm. It be- don't work like that. That's why, mm-hmm. that's why, that's why, Shanoa, mm-hmm. there's a lady called Shanoa.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Your Daniel brother disrespected me, but you're learning how to cook Nigerian food. Shanoa, if you ever want to chat to me, you can chat to me. You can chat to me and chat to me becoming no seminar idiot mm. that's how much patwa I've absorbed by living in a Jamaican woman's house Cheryl Brown Latoya Brown your family bruv. your absolute equity in my life you are the last household I slept in before these idiots tried to turn me into a mental institutionalized babe I have nothing against any of you. Mm. Should you wish to call me, call me anytime. I just needed to make sure that when this show comes out, it's an exclusive.
1: Ooh, cause they, girl, and if I'm breaking
0: up, Ankar, I will never work with you again as a company.
1: Like,
0: Let me just repeat that again. <laughs> Uncle Barry bro. Mm-hmm. you are welcome on the show any time any one of Latoya's elders that want to be on this show you're welcome to it this is the musings lounge where mm-hmm. nothing is off the table Jermaine, Rolly they are called two people in one any of all of you who want to be on this show I want to talk my team talk my team I'm in a blood clad business. You mm-hmm. see it there?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I speak small, small patois. I see. But I speak a little bit of English. Mm. And then I roast it in mandem roadie, 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 roadie bullshit. Mm-hmm. So I can speak a whole load of tongues. And I do speak in tongues. So top life to God be the glory. Mm-hmm. You see me dog? Fireman, to God be the glory, bro.
1: All right, Aries. <laughs> All right, that's that power.
0: <laughs> so this is where mm-hmm. I calm it down again. You can't,
1: like, it's just like, woof. No, Girl, because I'm calm like pain. Rex.
0: comics
1: I felt that pain. I was like, because I know, like, a lot of times, Africans. And African-Americans have this beef and they just and I know that a lot of Africans suffer PTSD from African-Americans. And so I always have to be that bridge or that communicator to say, listen. It was the ignorance of our parents. It was the ignorance of the elders that did not tell us that we were cousins that we were sisters, that we were siblings, that we were, it was two brothers or two sisters who left the house and went different directions, but it don't mean you're not family. Toby, so, Nigwe,
0: let me just interrupt on that one. Mm-hmm. Toby, Nigwe, you did Ewu. You don't impress me how they talk. I'm the Ewu jaw. Mm. But then you also showed me that I'm your father figure. Mm. I know a little bit about American slang to be talking a little bit of american slang it don't mean i'm trying to be like y'all
1: yeah i get it but the person's
0: album Mm. that i listen to to give me this level of tonality and i'm gonna just pause it right there because alicia keys you saved me from your album save me. Mm. I need the energies to relax because I can hear the frequencies agitated.
1: What? Well, <laughs> maybe we have to ring a bell before we do this or do something to clear the airways. 'Cause Because date is Wednesday. Today is, is the day of communication. Today is the day of Mercury. Today is the day of Hermes. So maybe I have to do my Hermans work.
0: You do that. Yeah do
1: that right now. Yeah. So I have to, you know, ask Heramance, the God of communication to help us be able to have a sound and clear communication with each other without the interruption of frequencies because we will communicate and we will do the work of the calling of, you know, broadcasting our truths to the public we i understand that we're underground people. We ain't polished enough to be publicly out there, but we still can work towards that. So in this space we get raw. It is 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 real. It's re- and you had it. you really like ooh, you had me triggered because I don't talk about my other side. I don't acknowledge that side of me only when I'm in New York City people see it they will never know that I'm from South Carolina they will never know I'm of Gullah Geechee heritage if I don't tell them if you meet me in person you will see your family you will see you you like are you West African are you Caribbean because I really don't acknowledge that side of me so when you said that you trigger the hell out of me because I'm not saying that my mother went in saying I want to sleep with this man I think she was genuinely and really in love with my father, but it just didn't go the way that she expected it to go. And here I am, a product of it. And that is exactly why we
0: have come to the end of our show.
1: Mm -hmm. So,
0: For all of you that have been listening, Ro, please reintroduce yourself to the 13 clan mothers.
1: I am Rose. I hail from Charleston, South Carolina. I'm a proud Gullah woman. And I'm a proud West African woman. And I own my truths. And I'm thankful for being on this platform. I'm thankful. And I sit at the feet of the 13 mothers. Because I, too, am a future matriarch and mother. So I thank you for having me here. This was a healing moment for myself. This was really healing for me, because I don't touch that side. I don't even talk about it
0: <laughs> On the other side of this tip, I would like to shout, shout out mm-hmm. to Charlemagne, the God <laughs> for making it abundantly clear.
1: mm-hmm.
0: That we all need therapy bitch
1: we do, <laughs> thank you, oh my God, I love you, girl, you bought to ooh, you gotta come over here, I'm gonna make some rice for you,
0: <laughs> please, cause i I like I eat food all day, I man, please
1: man, don't worry about that, we gonna, we gonna love you over here. we're gonna say, girl, you gonna eat you.
0: <laughs> I need okra soup on on levels of it's dumb. <laughs>
2: Girl, you have girl. We, really, <laughs> Ooh, I'm <don't sighs> a soldier. I don't cry.
0: <laughs>
2: oh God. Ooh.
0: So, my name is Renata Ulomo okay. <laughs> Chimerechia Dixon Wosu Taylor, and I have been your host. But, if you understand double speak, you understand that I am a vessel mm-hmm. and I channel all ancestors from the thirteen clan mothers. Mm. And it's okay by me. My family may not accept what I have become, but who's 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 crying about it?
1: <laughs> I mean I, hey, we both I don't know if I'd trigger you. Listen, when I say that I love the women who emancipated themselves from their families and live their own life, that must be sent a trigger through your spine because you went off. You was like, whoo. So, we've right, cleared so- the energies.
0: I'm going to vape my last um, okay. color vape, which is Forest, Ver- for- Forest Berries Solo Plus. Mm. We work with you to make it all good for everyone to vape because vaping hasn't killed anyone yet. So stop lying, smoking industry. Tobacco hasn't killed anyone yet. It's all the frigging chemicals that you lot put in the pesticides to grow shitty tobacco. So my family grow tobacco, but I smoke Chesterfield Red. Let me find out that Chesterfield Red has been sold out in any shop that I go to. I will never work with you guys in any life again, because I go to special shops that sell Chesterfield Red. Chesterfield Red is not a tobacco that is sold worldwide. I now know why, because it was given to me from my family's bloodline. And that is the best I can say about how much I smoke Chesterfield mm. Red. <laughs> mm. And I'm really gonna end it on that note. I've been your host Renato Ulama Chimeroche Dixon Wosu. If you ever wanna pronounce my name with, 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 with empathy, you will call it Nwosu because I'm not going to correct you lot. Okay? Because Nwosu is also in Ghana. So I won't correct you. If the Ghanians are willing to not correct you guys, I will not correct you. But if you want to really give me respect, If you ever see my dad in the end, yeah, just call him Elvis. He's a booker's man. And soon enough, my dad is going to start bopping the way I bop because I learned from my dad how to walk like a roadman. Nobody else knows that but me and my daddy. (laughs) Have a good day, people. Live your life with everything you've got in it because life is very short and I have lost all my mothers on my mother's side. And my mother is the only living connection to that. So don't hate me. because I have to end the call now. Ro, I'll speak to you at 107.37 seconds and eight, nine counting.